Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. This is a national health alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket costs. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. 888-303-9136 Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 877-806-0387, 877-806-0387. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this marvelous Monday. Dr. McKellar will be joining us just a few minutes late tonight. As we all know, she is getting ready to feed the nurses tomorrow, our heroes who have been on the front lines uh, all through the pandemic and always. Uh, And Dr. McKellar is working to get ready for tomorrow, so we will expect her in just a few minutes. Uh, Let me tell you how you can find us and listen to our live programs and our archived episodes. You can find us at blogtalkusa.com. You can find us at blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. And you can download us in podcast form. Just look for Blog Talk USA on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Radio, any place you can find podcasts. You can download Blog Talk USA podcasts. And you can get Marvelous Monday as well as our Thursday show of You From the Top under that banner. However you're finding us, we just thank you for keeping on coming back and we appreciate each and every one of you. Okay, I saw Dr. Hackney out there. Happy late birthday, sir. Welcome. 
Hello, thank you, thank you. Yes, absolutely. And our friend Arthur Fleming, your line is open. Welcome, Arthur. How y'all doing tonight? Uh, happy birthday, Doctor Hagney. Uh, oh, man, man, thank you. Man, you don't. Man, you look a day over sixty-nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Pulling out the charm tonight, Arthur. <laughs> you see all those granddaughters that keep, that they keep me busy. Yes, thank you, thank you. Great. And uh, I wanted to start out like we always do with um, anything because I know you weren't with us. Um, the last week before Thanksgiving, and I hope everybody out there had a wonderful Thanksgiving, by the way. Uh, I hope you two gentlemen did, too. And uh, I thought we'd start out with any updates you might have, Dr. Hackney, COVID or otherwise. Okay, very good. Uh, you know, I'm always uh, sort of you know, excited to, uh, to update people, but uh, <clears throat> as always, for the last almost three years, it's, uh, it has been consistent. Particularly when I would talk, mm-hmm. talk about the uh, the virus, it's, it's, it's it is consistently doing what it's been doing for the last uh, three years. Uh, I just like to update. Uh, you know, of course, we always talk about the new variants are coming up. There's the new ones. They 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 they're doing really identifying mainly because so many people are unvaccinated. Uh, I think uh, just to give you an update, there somewhere around 11.5 percent of 35 35 million people have been boosted. Uh, about 15 percent of the 27 million that are so there's a alarming number of people who have not uh, received their boosters uh, that are eligible, and that's that's the that's the major concern. But also that's the documentation that's the documentation why this is virus is able to continue to mutate. Uh, so it, it is it is it's critical. It's still there. Uh, we still have several hundred people dying per day from the uh, virus, and also the uh, number of positive per day over 35,000. So it, it it's consistent, virus is consistent. But what we have, I just have to, of course, when we'll we'll miss of all these celebrations and everything, if we would just consistently maintain what we're talking about uh, in the close areas of the mass and safe distancing, uh, the three basically normal practices. We just have to keep doing that because I think we're at the point now that so many people are not wearing the masks and large crowds and innovation. So individually, uh, just hold a practice uh, and also I think about the individuals that are sick to five protect our seniors <clears throat> if you know who you want to be around check and make sure uh, that you, you're not introducing exposing them particularly seniors because those the numbers above the six to five are our Lord and death right so if you're if you're celebrating this holidays or get around, just think about your seniors think about who you're going to be around and also continue to uh uh, get the boosters. That's what we're pushing. You know, the government is quality to uh, try and put more money into the boosters. But uh, it is uh, we've been very blessed with our church hubs to still reach these uh, communities of color. And these, and but uh, we'll continue doing that. But the availability of vaccine is sort of just with the health department. So we work with them. They've been a very great blessing. And as we talk about the nurses, the nurses are there really working hard in the health departments. Uh, you know assisting us with the vaccine, so my hat go off to them, those that are still yeah. online. But we just have to 
maintain, uh, of course, you see around the world, the, the boosters are new boosters and what are current. So we just had to practice um, uh, the safety guidelines of the masks um, and really close in, in counters and wash and the distances and all that. So that's all we can continue to continue. So just, just be a cause and aware of what's going on. Right. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And Pastor Cooper, welcome. I saw you out there and I opened up your line. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I did. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, I hope you all had one as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, what, what, yes. what have you got going on, uh, Pastor Cooper? And then we'll, we'll go to you, Arthur. Okay. No, uh, you know, I had a question for uh, Dr. Hagney, actually. I see that China is protesting about the uh, coronavirus. What, what is that all about? I didn't get to hear the whole entire thing, but I just saw that they're protesting. They're protesting because they're upset because they continue, or they're upset because they can't stop. What's going on? Well, they're they're upset because the president has ordered a, a, a lockdown. <clears throat> you know, in a, in, a, in a governmental system like that, you have that that one announcement, and the whole co- country follows suit. But what they have, they have a major protest against that. But again, also what's happening in China, the new variants. Uh, they are something that not more people per day, over 300 uh, people are, you know, a thousand of people are positive per day. So the president, he, well, he, well, he making that to shut down and the protest of people against shut down. They say they have no voice in it. So there's a major protest there in China uh, <clears throat> against the uh, shutdown that's been ordered by the, by the government. So that's what's occurring. Uh, so it, it's going to be very interesting out of that because they're seeing these new variants over there. So we uh, and there's a long normal per day. So that's going to be very interesting to see uh, uh, the outcome of that. Uh, also, we have to watch uh, across the across the other world just to see how that's and you know it's amazing when you see that the biggest the biggest statement came out that how it's going to affect the economy. That's 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 concern on everybody's mind. I think you said Wall Street sells something like no quote me, something like four five hundred point one like that. But the greatest concern out of that, not the virus, not the Delta, not the but well, how it's gonna affect the economy. And I think that's so what, what we kicked are it out was we, hey, exactly. what kicked out the protest was what kicked it off was it was a fire okay, first of all they they had been locked down. They and then and then a fire happened in this in this building. And then because of the because of the protocols they had in place, the fire the, the fire the fire folks by the time they got there about ten people had died, you know, it got burnt up, you know, mm-hmm. kids and all that kind of stuff. And so that's mm-hmm. what and so that was the impetus to kick it off. And so now you yeah. know, now it's they you know, hadn't caught fire, you know, all over China, so now they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to you know, how to how to catch it. Yeah, but like I say, the next type of government uh where the people don't have any say you know, uh, the, you know, they're holding a protest, and in the protest, they have, they're, they're doing a silent protest, and they all have, they're standing up with blank sheets of paper, right? You know, standing up with blank mm-hmm. sheets of paper and candles, mm-hmm. which means, you know, you know, we're protesting, but, you know, we can't say nothing. So mm-hmm. that's a very powerful mm-hmm. protest. It's interesting how he, because you know, he just got elected for a lifetime term. So it's going to mm-hmm. be real interesting, uh, you know, see how, see how you plan to control what, what a couple of billion people, so that's mm-hmm. what you know. So, but, but I will say this: uh, we ain't got to worry about him starting no wars right now. I can tell you that. 
That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's whole. It's whole. We are the whole world is like a big, uh, um, I would say, like a big petri dish, a big test. And so, uh, like I said a couple weeks ago, I hope someone writing a series of books about this because it will take a series of books to keep up uh, each chapter of this virus. And I said the world is now just like a big uh, test case, big experiment. So we are time with hell. And also, like I say, uh, there are new variants that are being uh, developing. So we are in a world is in a big, uh, a big test kit now. And so we'll see. Uh, uh, whole time, and of course, now here we with the all, all the other uh, pediatric program we have hospitalizations with all the flus and all the combinations and everything. So it's very interesting to see where we are and uh, and uh, how health system is going to handle this. But I would say, like Dr. McKellar, like not the nurses tomorrow, uh, healthcare individuals are they are really they are they are really overworked in the. There's a large number of healthcare individuals leaving the profession and all that, but uh, I had to go off to those who are hanging in there, assisting us because without them, we would really be be really difficult to do what we're doing. But I would say time will tell. Uh, and each there's a chapter each year, and I hope someone is writing a book where we are and what impact. And, and because the death rates are there, the uh, lumping ups are there, so the new viruses are coming out, so uh, variants are coming out, so. It's going to be very interesting to see where, where, we, where we get here. Right. I want to give a shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to all the veterans, all the veterans. Uh, uh, the, PAC, the PAC Act. The PAC Act was, was passed by Congress this year, which uh, extended, uh, the, the, they went to a presumptive model. That means it's actually be easier for you to get your money. Uh, and so now here in Dallas on the 13th of December, they're going to be doing a PAC Act event uh, you know, at the local uh, regional office here in Dallas. But I'm sure they'll be doing it in other, pla- in other places too. So I'm, I'm telling veterans, if, you, if you're a veteran, no matter what war you're in, uh, you need to... Check, uh, you know, put in your computer and look up the PAC Act and, and get the information because if you were, like in my case, in my case they extended it to Vietnam veterans uh, to different bases that wasn't included, like like, like I was at Utapau, Thailand. So now they've included that base. So now I've been able to, I'd already had a, I'd already had a, compl- I mean, I already had a, a, a claim in. Uh, but it was rejected, so now I got a chance to, you know, submit it again because of the PAC Act. So the PAC Act uh, was hard, you know, uh, what was his name? Uh, John Stewart or whatever his name was, the com- the common guy. You know, he led mm-hmm. he led that fight and shamed him into going ahead and doing the right thing uh, with that. Uh, I have a cousin that was in uh, that was in that first Gulf War. You know, she was around a, uh, a pit, so you know she had you know, she had some lung, you know, some lung issues behind that, and so uh, and so they had you know, had you know denied her, you know, her money. So now she she should be able to get uh, 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 you know recognized for that. So basically, I'm telling to, to the veterans, the PAC Act, the ACT, put in your phone, put in your computer, and uh, get the information because they want all the veterans. Uh, you know, who's been home. Uh, because you know they did veteran wrong for so long. So I'm hoping that uh, this that and, and if you, and if the veteran has already died, 
then then to his family. You know, you all should check it out also. So if your veteran has died, you know, still, you know, uh, look up the PAC Act and, uh, uh, you know, see what benefits are there for you. Is it P-A-C? Yeah, P-A-C-T, Act, A-C-T. Okay, got it. I'll put a link to that for show description. Um. You know that's that's really that's really good that information. We we sort of experienced that with our, our church hops. As far as getting information, we were working with the uh, Medicare enrollment, and one of the presentations was talking about all the uh, benefits of veterans, as you mentioned, that uh, people aren't aware of, even those that are approved. And it was just amazing. But we are going to with our prostate project through our church hubs include because our church has become a resource center of information. For example, you mentioned the PAC Act there. Uh, churches could be an excellent place for that information disseminated down into the community. We, we find mm-hmm. it out with the uh, Medicare enrollment because there are individuals, as you mentioned, there are widows, there are mm-hmm. children. They are just, they're just totally unfamiliar, not totally, but unfamiliar with a lot of services that's already available to them. So but when your PAC Act program dies, yeah, in that prostate at, uh, program that you're doing, you, you know, be sure and let again let the veterans know, particularly, yeah. you know, because that's one of the because that's one of the uh, illnesses uh, uh, that's behind that. So if they got any kind of issue like that, be sure and inform them that they should be applying for uh, a benefit relief, uh, you know, for that condition. That's true. That's true. I've been meeting with the Veteran Administration here in Tyler and really launch that program, and they, they're so excited about the material that we get into them. You're right. We'll be able to cover all those needs, and it's going to give us the opportunity to do that. So it's truly going to be a blessing with that program as we launch and as everybody getting involved and the issues. But, yes, getting the veteran group and the women veterans in the area is going to be very important. To, uh, and as information, sharing that information with the groups. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us again, because uh, it just never hurts to repeat it, Tell, tell the men out there and women so that they can tell the men in their lives uh, what the, to look that, for, what age you need to be. Give us some details what, on that again. If you were any other wars, if, if you were any other wars or if you was at any other bases, again, if, if you go to the PAC Act, they have the, they have the bases uh, that they list. That weren't on the list before, like you know, like you know, like like the like June, uh, what is it, the June? Or have, you know that army base? Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. that's on the there. Uh, that's yeah. on there. And so basically, you know, they, they had a lot of other bases overseas, uh, you know, that weren't on there before. So all the information be there. So if you go to the PAC Act, you know, there, you, you'll see the illnesses that they've added. You'll see the bases that they've added. So forth and so on. So you and, and so if, like I said, even if the veteran has passed, uh, if you're a family member, his wife or mm-hmm. kids or whatever, go ahead and file for uh, uh, you know go and get the information and see uh, what benefits that you're due on his behalf. Okay, great. Right. And then while we're recapping, uh, Doctor Hagney, if you will give us um, the prostate information again. Um, oh, yeah. As well. That's uh, wonderful. Correct. We're, yeah, good. Well, basically, this is born out of the fact when we, <clears throat> with our task force, we looked at some, several uh, of the study here based on the UT system here. Uh, and of course, across the nation, documents that African American males have twice as chance rate as from prostate cancer. 
and a lot of that is well, a lot of basically because of uh, the uh, test, PSA test, and and mm-hmm. so by that PSA test, you're going to determine what level, what stage, and also the therapy is based upon that. But there are a lot of, and so that number, the lack of getting that PSA test is one of the factors why that number can exist. So in that, this project we are focusing on is to just increase that number of individuals getting PSA tests. And, then, and and we've had some major partners come on board. For example, of course, Diagnostic, they're paying for 500 Well, of course, in healthcare, the current healthcare is used, first of all, is cost and transportation. When there's a cost for this PSA test, that's the reason why individual male may not uh, get the test done. Uh, in addition to being a male, I want to go get tested. But now we remove that cost with the Prodigal Quest Lab. So over 500 free PSA tests can be occurred. So let an individual know that's not a cost in fact again. Another one is transportation. Uh, we have a group called GoBus Go Group. They're, uh, they're going to provide free transportation for someone that will want to go and get the test. So that combination, that partnership is, is enormous. And also what's happening is the discussion about the age of the PSA test. There have been national groups looking at 50, I mean, age 50 and above, maybe 60 above. Well, we're looking at, we're talking, we're recommending 40 age above, and that's going to be an educational component on our physicians because a lot of physicians on the old recommendations of the 50 and above. But we'll push, we'll get approved for 40 above. So in other words, if you're seeing an individual black African-American male, you should order a PSA test. Another thing we found out with a lot of new insurance, there the PSA tests are free. So that's going to be a, a major plus. And also, I think Representative Bobby up in uh, Illinois had been trying to push through the, the uh, a, a PSA uh, a free for everybody. I don't know exactly the status of that bill. And but it's a matter of getting the individual go get a PSA test. And this is a whole family involvement, the wives, the sororities. Every male in your family, 40 and above, we're recommending you actually get them to go to the test. We're sending out flyers. They're going out through the system. We have some major partners on board. I mentioned the UT system, other systems on board, uh, and also our church hubs. We have uh, 26 or 10 church hubs in northeast Texas. We'll probably have 20 by uh, by uh, January where we're getting these flyers out through the uh, churches. And also, Net Zero, which is a national group out of Washington, D.C., uh, they're going to partner with us in developing a, a uh, support group. <clears throat> so like what you see with breast cancer, a support group uh, of individuals who are uh, positive or at different stages to get the increase the communication. So they're going to help us establish a support group in each one of our church hubs. And we're going to start with the person here in Tyler, January. So it's getting the word out. It's communication, awareness, and everything, brochures, flyers that are out. So we're very excited about that. And we just, you know, the target measurement is to increase the number. Just go get your PSA. And from that PSA test, then it turn to your the therapy, the treatment is planned from the stage of your PSA. problem is so many, uh, too many individuals, African-American males, in the latter stages by the time they get diagnosed and maybe cancerous and then you need discussion about which therapy and also there's a there's a mental there's a family uh, discussion about psychological discussion about if you're positive how you approach individual for communication so it's a there's a wonderful package and we are we're very excited about it and, and the people that are coming on board and uh, you know it's very because everybody always has someone that either had prostate 
uh, early prostate, uh, uh, delphin prostate. And so it's something that individuals are well aware of just the information they need to organization we're putting together to reach that goal. So we're very excited about that. And we're going to have a major conference. It's going to be down in June. We're looking at what's in the imperative conference. It's going to be a conference from what we're doing here in the fall, but it won't be until June before we have that halfway to this the conference addressing what we found out in this project. You know, what's so awesome about the way that you're doing this, the octopus plan, Arthur and I probably would call it, you know, doing things in our field, the multidisciplinary uh, attack plan that, you know, because most primary care physicians don't test males uh, when they need to start screening them for this, even though the American Urological Association does recognize and recommend that African-American males are 1.6 times more likely to get this type of cancer. They get it earlier. Uh, They are more likely to die from it. And this PSA test, these numbers can sort of predict the future. And, right. and tell them, uh, you know, and so that lack of, you know, sort of lack of um, cohesive messaging between primary care physicians and urologists, it's just, it's a huge stumbling block that doesn't need to be there. But the way you're mm-hmm. going about this, it's like all encompassing, you know, covering every angle. It's just, it's really mm-hmm. so necessary and amazing. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing about that whole thing. The, 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 you know, like all the all the information is like is like directed toward. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not talking about doc. I'm not the medical system. It's pointed yes. toward after the fact. Uh, yes. You know, and, it, and it's big, and it's the big hole in the American medical system. Preventive mm-hmm. care, preventive yes. diet, yes. so forth and so on, information. This is information that needs yes. to be given to you when you're in school, when you're young, when you're coming right. up. This information, yeah. it, that's preventive. But, but they yep. don't do, you know, we, don't, we do a terrible job at preventive. You know, just like yeah. I would tell black males, hey, look, uh, stay away from the red meat. I didn't, you know, I mean, you can have a hamburger if you run into one. But don't buy one. <laughs> you know, don't. Uh-huh. You know, you know. And what I'm saying right. is that you know, it's certain things you can do uh, early on as far as diet. Of course, I know that leads into food deserts and the lack of mm-hmm. proper nutrition and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. And that's a, and that's part of. But, but one of, because they figure, I guess you know, I guess they figure if we figure out how to eat, you know, we won't be going eating all that bad uh, fast food. But the bottom line mm-hmm. is, we have to educate our people about what they should and shouldn't be eating. And so, yes, you know, yes, and, and we need a stronger program, a preventive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. Well, we, we have a program. We, we have a program. Yeah. The, the, the problem is, is that we I, I know we have again. a program. I know we have well, a program. Well, the program is called Leviticus. The, the program is called Leviticus. It's in the Bible. It's, it's in Sunday school, and it teaches you how to eat, and you have the Daniel Yeah, but these centers ain't up there. And I'm coming out. We need to go where them centers at and uh, make sure that they know what to eat. But That's all I'm saying. But, but, but following up with Pastor Cooper just saying, of course, back to the Oculus plan, we really need to hear and get this, pat, uh, this trademark. But that's why our task force, we cover all those legs. Nutrition, one of those legs. Uh, and also the success of been through our church, the biblical component I'm just, uh, just uh, it, it has been separated out of this whole 
uh, every, even preventive component. So that's why our church hubs are, when we talk about church become the resource of information, again, that's nutrition, that's health care. We have a request to move into uh, uh, maternal infant death rate. They, they're asking, if you all are working on a project, when are you all going to look at uh, the, the uh, infant death rate, uh, uh, maternal death rate? Because they see we can reach the community, and we we were going to launch that probably in March. But we may have to move that up because those numbers are really horrible. But to be three times now, you may want to look at that. We want to pull that up. The, the time, the number of black babies, infant death, and the mortality uh, is associated with white people. And a lot of it's tied into uh, uh, back to the government. Uh, Medicare, Medicaid programs where they may not, you know, I think Texas might have cut their 12-month treat follow-up after birth to six months. So you have to see there's a, that, that policy, that all those legs have to be addressed, the nutritional component. As you mentioned, nutritional component, people are asking about the fat. You know, uh, 40% of African-Americans are obese, which leads into hypertension and all other areas. So people are asking us to look at, look at this because they see they see the octopus model. You can't just talk about when you have to look at the whole whole picture. Right. The preventive component has to be in there. The education component has to be in there. And someone called me the other day about... Uh, I'll call people pass your lack of knowledge. Yeah, you know, someone called me past the other day about uh, mental health. They want to know, yeah. can we help them identify the mental health need in rural uh, Texas? I, mean, I need to call you about that, Pastor, because I need your help yeah. with oh, that. Yeah. You surround yourself with all the expertise. It's there in different areas. Just, it's just the connectivity. The dots need to be correct. So I'm not going to try to answer the question about what are the uh, mental health needs in, East, in rural East Texas. I'm going to call Pastor to help me, you know, people who have that expertise area and the mental health groups to do that. Hey, 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 Doctor. We also need to, and we also need to, uh, you know, talk to, you know, teach people about about how to go to the doctor, how to go to the doctor, how to own your body, how to ask questions. You know, like when I went to the VA a couple of years ago, uh, uh, you know, my cholesterol was up because I had never had my cholesterol up. But anyway, the first thing she said was. Well, you know, uh, you know, what about the, you know, I think you may, you know, you start talking about some statins, right? And I asked about the side effects and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. She played like it wasn't done. Yeah, she played like it wasn't done. You know, but see, but my thing was, she should have told me, she should, first she should have said, hey, look, why don't you change your diet or whatever, or that, or that, whatever. But no, she didn't say that. She went straight to trying to get me on the set. She said, well, you know, uh, you know, with your profile, uh, you know, you have a, you have a, a, a 18% chance of, of having a heart attack by the time you're 80. I said, well, that means I got 82% chance of not having one. So I told her, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that I didn't want the statins, that I would, uh, you do the you area, anyway, roll it forward. Okay, then now my, you know, now my cholesterol, you know, it's down, it's, it's only about, a, it's, it's 0.5 over. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying okay. is that she should have she should have said, <clears throat> you know, do more exercise, lose some weight, or whatever. But no, they go straight to the medicine. I'm just saying that people, we need to understand well, that if you don't have you know, well, we are the news. Well, so see, another yeah. thing when people, when people, when people say you don't want to get, you don't want to come between you and your doctor. They really need to. They don't understand the doctor. Another component we'll find. I mentioned earlier we're going to have a equity disparity conference in June. When you look at our healthcare system. There are areas that physicians need. There's the education component with physicians. 
there are physicians who are treating some of us like they did during the plantation days. I can tell you some areas in East Texas that people travel hundreds of miles because of the way they're treated by their local doctors in their local hospitals. And I'm just going to just tell you, we, we're looking at there are some areas we need to develop our own medical clinic because what, we, what people are telling us how they're treated. So when someone is saying you don't want to get between you and your doctor, my point is you need to see what doctor you're talking about. There are some doctors you need to get between because, like, this, what this you're talking about, the ER doctor. Yeah, but yeah, you know, for example, sure, sure. exactly. And, you know, in Texas, all this work, third of the individuals we work with don't have a primary care doc. I asked a question yesterday, how many black urologists in northeast Texas? We try to identify uh, one black urologist. So Duke did that study about uh, disparity in health care. Yeah, oh, sure. See, so we, so when you, so when you say see your doctor, you got to make sure you see the right doctor because there are a lot of doctors don't want to see you. And there are doctors, for example, like PSA. There are doctors who've been seeing African American males for years and have not ordered a PSA test on them. I'm telling you, if you have, if you go to your primary care doctor, you're black male above 40 years age. If he or she had not ordered a PSA test on you, you need to go back. You need to you need to have a talk with them. Our doctor said. They do a physical and take draw blood. The PSA results in that uh, uh, blood work, but they don't look at it and tell you about it. Yep. I have to ask about yep. it. I just paid seventy five dollars. PAC scan, a cat uh, cardiac uh, test reading, uh, to see how much plaque I have in my blood and things like that. At, at, at our age, fifty plus on up, those are the kind of things we need to talk about and need to do. It's only seventy five dollars. With insurance or without insurance, it's the same price. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know some folks. I know some folks that have died because because they couldn't because they didn't have quote the insurance to cover their stuff, and that's kind of sister we and that's and that's and that's that's just to me. But anyway, because uh, uh, I don't want to go off. But I'm just saying that 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 type of attitude in the medical system because the medical system has been incorporated. It is like big business. You remember, mm-hmm. like I told you, I used to have home, I used to have home, home health care service down in East Texas. Down there. Right. So I know about it. I know how they treat yeah. black people. <laughs> and, 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 and I know how black people, especially the older ones, you know, they have, they have attitudes of, of you, know, you know, white man's ice is cold. I had a lady t- tell me one time, you know, of course, you know, she was kind of dementia, though. You know, was probably, I was telling her about the service I'm giving her. And she interrupted me in the middle of it and she said, Young man, and I don't mean no harm, but I want a white man over my money. And I, I said, so I said, ma'am, I'm not over your money. And, I, and so I, I gave the, I, you know, I gave the process, you know, to her other campaign. But I'm just saying that they take advantage of that. I had people down there that we had, they were laying flat on their back. The first thing we do is we get them off them drugs, and then they come back a couple of days later, they sitting up talking. So that system oh, yeah, down there yeah. is about well, just that, drugging, that, our, drugging our old people. Until they die. Now, I'm just saying what it is. Yeah. 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 On, on, on our task force, we have two excellent professors from University of Texas School of Pharmacy up here. We're going to be working also with Texas Southern. They're actually going to put together a pamphlet <clears throat> that individuals need to know. Now, I blame, I, I, I um, saw to put a little pressure on pharmacy profession for them to come from behind, come from behind the shelf and do counseling with the individual by medication. And what they're going to do through our test was they're going to write, put together a pamphlet, a journal information pamphlet that everybody needs to know when you go to your physician, when you go to your doctor, 
And also, when you go to your pharmacy, when the question you need to ask your doctor, don't go to your doctor, he writes something on a piece of paper and doesn't explain to you about those medications he puts you on. And then you take that piece of paper to the pharmacist. The pharmacist fills that piece of, piece of paper, and they both think you're going to go and take those medications without telling what's in them, drug interaction. So and, I'm a, we put a little pressure on the pharmacist to because mm-hmm. these physicians are writing, like you're saying, America is a drug-hooked society. Pharmaceuticals come to make a fortune. America will take any pill, any color, if you say it's used for something. But what's happening, doctors are writing these pills because the pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. sitting back there and making a fortune. You don't, people don't know what to ask the doctor about the medication. And here's, the bag, the- and here's how to get you with the bag, Doc, because I know because I went through this with my mom, so I'm, I'm telling you, plus I was, in the, I, was, I was in the business. Well, what they do is, like, say, you come in, first of all, if you come in and say, Doc, what's wrong with me, then you you done messed up right there. Right. You know, so basically, because they're going to find something to give you something for it. So once they give you that medicine, the medicine, if you read on there, it's going to have some kind of the side effects. Then once the side effects hit you, you're going to tell the doctor about the side effects. Instead of him, instead of saying, hey, look, you need to give me a different medicine or whatever, he's going to give you something for the side effects. And then next well, thing you know, side effect for the side effect. Next thing you know, you walk around with a bag full of well, medicine. Well, well, no, that's, that's why we're gonna write it. That's why we write in town. We put too much trust. We put too much trust in our healthcare system. And so, and, and see, you, we people, don't, patients don't realize you have a right to your health in that doctor's office. When you leave that doctor's office, you go to that pharmacy. We don't understand our rights. We don't understand. Yeah, you supposed to ask the doctor. You know, you supposed to have your list of medications that he or she wants. And see, another thing, those medications on your medicine, you need to update those medications because they can put those medications in your system. That you can be on old medications. Another thing, destruction of old meds. You know, see, that, that's part of that pamphlet that they're putting together. Educate the public about going to see your doctor who has questioned it acts. And, and, you know, these are your rights because he's going to pay the bill. Anybody, anybody yeah, building that, something, you have a right to ask them. You know, we don't understand our rights. Doctor. We trust the health care we, we assume too much in the healthcare system. We, for I, tell, I tell African Americans, the reason why we have a lot of preconditions right now because 200 years ago we trusted someone else to take care of us. They didn't, like you said, what you experienced, they did not take care of African Americans 200 years ago. So if you look at all the majority of preconditions, all the precon- majority of preconditions that African Americans now are suffering is because, like you said earlier, earlier we trusted someone to treat our diabetes a hypertension, all that early on. We didn't ask any questions. We just, we just got on the table. Got on the table. Doctor, give us anything. I go well, take him. Two hundred years ago, hey, hey doctor, you don't wear work two hundred years ago, don't you? You didn't wear work two hundred years ago. Well, I, I tell everybody to read that. I tell everybody to read. Well, I, I'm saying, uh, well, I'm saying, I don't think we was making. I don't think we were in a position to make them kind of decisions. All I'm saying. Well, we 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 were said we well, we did we you know what decisions we made then? We ate good food back then. We didn't eat processed food. We we ate we ate vegetable from our garden. If you can look, you look at the comparison, all this processed food and everything. Of, we, a, lot we, of we a lot of us were eating the leftovers from our slave masters' table. Well, that well, you, you all of us mostly yeah, had gardens. That's why we were eating chitlins and we was eating chitlins and Well, I'm gonna give you a classic example: the midwife. Midwife existed back then and delivered a lot of babies. You look right now what the talk is being discussed with the maternal death rates and everything. Guess what component they're saying they need more because they don't have enough um, medical trained people to manage these young ladies. Midwife. For example, they're down there in Mississippi. 
they closed a rural hospital and they had to go X amount of miles because they don't have health care. So the midwives, they're recommending the midwives, the trained midwives, be reinstituted, particularly area to help uh, in our population. And I guarantee you, once they develop a midwife, good quality midwife, that monitor each other lady, we're talking about after they leave the hospital, you're going to see the impact on that uh, maternal death rate if we establish a good midwife program to fill all these voids. Because these rural hospitals and hospitals are closed and don't have the staff, OB clinics, all this, the midwife point. And we want to look at that with our test. What I talked about, we're going to look at that, that maternal deal, and that's going to be one area we're going to develop is the midwife. The pool field. Now, again, that's back to octopus coming in. Well, that's preventing the medical system get off cheap plan. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say this, right? I'm going to say this, what? Our health care system need to be redesign. Our healthcare, <laughs> our public health system, I won't say it, our public health system is a failure. Our, our, our health system needs to be redesigned, restructured, turn on its head, and because, like you said earlier, is to a certain extent, all money driven. And when you look at the outcomes, you look at the death rate that we're accepting from a virus over a million people have, and what's going on now, the hospital full with kids, and on and on and on and on. So I help you know, see, you can have a president can say one thing, the government the governor can say one thing, the city mayor can say one thing, they all of course are everything different. Nothing consistent. But yeah, our healthcare system needs to be it's true what you said. It need to be it need to be redone. It it, it has to be reorganized. And that's what we're gonna do with the task force. That's what we're doing with the task force from the rural communities of color and, and having a voice and also we need people at the state level on the committees that look that represent the community. I'm going to that right now. If the Texas needs someone in the Austin area that understand understand what we're talking about. Absolutely. Pastor Cooper, were you trying to get in there? I know you've got plenty to say. Well, no, I was just saying that um, everyone accountable, we need to also keep in mind that we at least have a president that's trying to make some uh, inroads on some of this stuff. Uh, some mm-hmm. of the things that uh, President Biden did is uh, he took on Big Pharma, cap annual out-of-pocket uh, prescription uh, drug costs at 2000 for seniors uh, on Medicare. So it's just going across my, my page. Uh, Captain instant co-pays at $35 per prescription for seniors in Medicare. These are drops in the bucket, but we're heading in the right direction. We have to continue to uh, push, I don't care who's the president, uh, Democrat or Republican. Yeah. I was listening to uh, yeah, Mar Monday with Dr. William Barber tonight at 6 o'clock, and, and he's continuing to, to remind the, even the president yeah. now, I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, lowering health insurance premiums by uh, $800 annually for Americans uh, who buy insurance through uh, the Affordable Care Act. These are just a few of the things worked with rebuilding uh, to rebuild America's infrastructure. Uh, he's been working with the Republicans and Democrats uh, to work on CHIPS and Science Act, uh, working uh, for the first meaningful gun safety legislation in nearly 30 years. These are the things that the media is trying to squash because we're still in an election season. You still got Georgia going on. Uh, we still have uh, flip-flopping of Congress is happening. 
Uh, and like Dr. Hagney was saying earlier, we have to go to our state and also our local county because we have to continue to follow this money uh, mm-hmm. as, as it comes uh, available and use that for our communities and continue to educate them. Our people perish for lack of knowledge. And that's the key. So those are just some more things to consider as we continue to have these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and we have to just something small that every one of us can do and has to do. We have to change the mindset and change the narrative. Healthcare is a human right. We are the most prosperous uh, country this planet has ever seen. We shouldn't have we shouldn't have any homeless people. We shouldn't have any hungry people. We shouldn't have anybody dying because they can't afford their prescriptions, choosing to eat cat food because they can't afford their groceries and their prescriptions and their health care. So we have to change the narrative and change the mindset that you know we certainly pay enough in taxes. At, at bare minimum, if we can't all think of this as a human type of thing, we all pay enough taxes to be treated well, and part of that has to absolutely be affordable health care, and health care is a human right. It just has to be. We have to change the mindset. Mm-hmm. You mentioned hunger. If you mentioned hunger, I saw, I, saw, I saw a thing the other day that was talking about, okay, you know all that food that the grocery store just throw away, right, take to the, yeah. to, to the landfill? They say that that adds to pollution, and it causes yeah. all kinds of other different stuff. Now, how, now, how smart is that? How, now, how smart is that? that? We, we, we're throwing food away, people hungry, mm-hmm. and we're creating pollution. Again, you know, like Reverend Barber said, we need a we need a moral revival because yeah. see, the, you know, if, if that's if that's if that's cap, if that's what capitalism does. Then right. you know you know it's as rotten as the food that's rotten in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. we need to. I mean, we need to do something about that because that that's that's totally ridiculous. And I don't know how we put up with that for all these years anyway. But that needs to be addressed. Why are you throwing yeah. away? The restaurants do the same thing. Why? You, yeah, I know, but why? But but again, I know, and they're doing it because you know it's a profit. I mean, you, you, I mean, it's a thing. But I'm saying there should be a happy medium somewhere in there. Where that food can go to people that actually right. need it, without it, right. you know, without it being spoiled and all that type of stuff, they can do that. We know right. we can do it. I'm saying that we need somebody talking about it that's in the political realm to change mm-hmm. those laws, uh, those capitalistic laws that prevent uh-huh. that from happening and allow these people to stay hungry, where they have to choose between medicine or food. Right. You know, really. Well, they talk yeah. about it. They talk about it. They criminalize grocery stores giving it, it they put red tape all over grocery stores simply uh, being able trouble, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy oh, yeah. it's just crazy. and actually that's i want to put this preview out there it, it, this is a really good segue but dr mckeller is not on yet and i promised her we would wait for her but we have a guest on mm-hmm. with us tonight listening and enjoying the conversation very much uh, I met her today. She's awesome, and she's gonna. She, uh, her something she's done her entire life is feed the hungry, and clothe the hungry, and everything. Else. So she's got some really good information for us, and she's gonna tell us about herself. But I just wanted to shout out, hey there, Cheryl, Miss Cheryl. Um, you'll be on soon, and Dr. McKellar can't wait to meet you, and she'll be on with us soon too. But um, 
they just if they have time to talk about putting all these you know regulations in place, they certainly have the time to talk about putting regulations in place that make it easy to feed people. But that's not what they do. That's not what they're interested in talking about. And capitalism is just simply not sustainable. So if we don't, if we just take the empathy out of it, common sense, it's not sustainable. Just like Arthur mentioned, it's it's causing pollution. It's causing problems, Uh, you know, this food waste. What we have here in America is called what Martin Luther King called unchecked capitalism. He said yes. unchecked capitalism is just as bad as unchecked communism. In other words, yes. and, 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 and all ecosystems, I don't care what country you go to, they are a combination of different, uh, different systems. Okay, we have, we have Social Security, okay? That's, that, that, that would be called socialism, okay? Uh, you know, when you, go, when, when you create a job and you're over you know, you, you know, the company, then that's called authoritarianism because you ain't got no, you, you know, you, you're going to do what folks say. So that's, so that's a whole nother. So we have a combination of all these different systems within our system. And, 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 mm-hmm. so, and so when you talk about the food issue, that's just something that capitalism, see, that's a waste that, you know, the capitalism yeah. has incorporated. It doesn't make any sense. You know, and right. they say, well, you know, we know it's capitalism. Yeah, but you know, we're not a we're not a pure capitalistic system, so we have right. to recognize that first of all, and then maybe we can mm-hmm. start changing some of this stuff. You know, so you know, that's what we have to recognize first. I think. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. You, you know, uh, you know the uh, I back to the octopus plant, mm-hmm. which I need to go ahead and trademark. Meanwhile, yes, a lot of these programs don't <laughs> really. If if this is implemented across, I'm waiting to speak to the young lady because when you talk about feeding someone, you got to address all the issues why a person needs to be fed. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at the food part, the people in, in the food chain, they need to be. That has to be addressed also. To see all the programs, they all they all tackle one leg. I would just mention yeah. the food with pollution, but people to, uh, they, there's no discussion about on the environmental side, nobody at the table about the pollution part have a voice there. So what we have, we have one-sided voices coming out of Washington, out of Austin, all these, you know, they don't, they don't, there's no discussion. For example, like the food, you know, and when I was telling this one other day, one guy was excited about cause how many people he fed. If I say mm-hmm. it's one thing to feed someone, how many people do you teach how to go out and and, and uh, go do a garden? <laughs> we work in a we work on a group by with chicken. I said ridiculous. You have to pay four dollars a dozen eggs. We work on we work on an idea of every stand with two chickens can produce enough eggs for that family. In the discussion, we're talking about involved involving agriculture guys. Even if there will be excess eggs to share in the community. See that? See nobody? Everybody go and pay four dollars eggs. They don't serve. Well, there's another answer to this. Uh, there, you know, go through Texas and see all this vacant land that used to be full of fields and you used to grow vegetables. You can drive through East Texas and count gardens on your almost on two hands. Mm-hmm. But, and so, so we got to get back to what God, what we used to do. You know, my sister said, never plant more than a flower bed that you can eat. So if you have a flower bed, half your flowers, and then eat something like collard greens or turnip greens, 
carrots or mm-hmm. something, beans that you can eat. So it's back. See, that's that. So the, the um, occupancy plan would be have someone from agriculture, someone from the food production component, and also they all mean get the churches in there. Do it through your churches because the churches know the individuals that are hungry. There are sites that could be uh, meal sites. All of, they're doing it now anyway. But even involve more in the educational process of uh, addressing that, and even marketing that food, dating food, and all that guidelines on dating of food and use of food and all that. There are not enough people. Everybody, there are not enough people at the table discussing the food wasted, food production, food consumption, and also put the nutritional component in there. Uh, all those people need to be at the table. That octopus, all the legs of the octopus food production need to be at the table. And also these policies shouldn't be driven at Washington level, Austin level. They should be driven at the county level, at the city governments, the guys, the county uh, uh, people who understand agricultural, these small towns. And so they need to be there. And so that's the octopus plans will work excellent in, in food production. You can get it in, in the production of food, selling the food, product selling food and all that. You know, but it's all those different parts are not at the table. Everybody's trying to solve the problem, but they only can solve, they only can solve their component of the problem. I try to solve their component. Plus, there's grant monies out there for, uh, oh, like we have a community that is doing hydroponics, and I think I'm saying it right. Uh, mm-hmm. They're growing it, I mean, without having a whole lot of soil inside this big warehouse. And uh, exactly. we, we start, yeah, and we started with our first crop of cabbage in the winter because we started in, in the winter time and uh, we'll be serving probably next week this time so uh, you know we, that's just like you said just love rose garden and we got neighborhood gardens and you know I had an uncle great uncle he lived to be 103 his wife lived to be 102 and uh, behind the house they had the same garden that's been there since probably 1879 1880 and uh, his his father had it before him, and his grandfather had it before him, and everybody lived on the same street, and they shared, and, and the same vegetables, and the same garden-rich soil, and uh, it's still producing to this day. Wow. And yep. let me just say, um, I think that Dr. McKellar, uh, she's on a Zoom tonight, and she uh, had texted me and said, oh, it's going to be another 20 minutes. And I know that as long as our guest promises that she'll come back again, Dr. McKellar won't mind if I bring her in um, now. But I just think that this conversation is at the perfect place for me to to go ahead and do that. Um, bring her in. So, bring her in. I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be uh, nicer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll behave. Okay. Everybody's on their best behavior. So, everybody, welcome Ms. Cheryl Fox. And I'm going to let her tell you about herself. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. How are you doing this evening? Doing great. Great. Excellent. (laughs) Okay. My name is uh, Cheryl Fox, and I am the founder of Cheryl Fox Ministries. Um, I do community outreach and have been doing so for the last um, 19 plus years, we had a family-owned business, and we always did the community give back and you know 
what have you. And we also sponsor a Christmas uh, dinner giveaway and Thanksgiving dinner away, dinner giveaway on those holidays for the last 14 years. Um, but now what I am planning on doing, which I've already been doing every Saturday, uh, go out and feed the community. You don't have to be homeless, just hungry. Um, we also uh, do clothing as well. And um, and I am trying to uh, set up a program where I can do a virtual cooking class. So uh, I heard as you all were talking in the conversation about, you know, people, you know, why are they, you know, not able to cook and do whatever. But um, sometimes if you don't have the, the tools to do it, you can't. But I feel like mm-hmm. if, uh, if there's somebody willing to show you how to prepare a proper meal, then, uh, you know, you're not just waiting on the handout. But, mm-hmm. again, like I said, I just feel like, you know, giving back to the community, everybody is not just, like, looking for a handout. Um, for right. the last 19 years, we pretty much have been carrying um, the load as far as sponsoring ourselves as the uh, outreach, community outreach. So as the food prices have gotten higher, uh, my mom retired last year after 19 years in the family-owned restaurant. So, you know, with the economy being what it is, I started the nonprofit to kind of help offset. Uh, I do work, so every two weeks I take a portion of my paycheck to buy some of the food. So, you know, right now it's just like we just want out here trying to help anybody that needs help, whether it be resources, networking. Um, and I try to put everything out there that would help anyone, someone, on the Saturdays that I go out and feed. Um, the meals are home-cooked. Uh, the regular menu is usually baked chicken and dressing, mac and cheese and green beans. And, uh, you know, some Saturdays we might throw in the uh, bean soup, you know, just something to, to stretch. I am seeing more families coming out uh, to participate in the feedings. But I just want to kind of get the word out that, you know, here in Louisville, Kentucky, there is somebody that cares, not expecting Anything yes. in return, just trying to give you a hand up. Yes, that's, that's awesome. Great. And let, let me just point out that Miss um, Cheryl's being quite humble because the family restaurant, I, I've attached uh, links to some newspaper articles. People have driven thousands of miles just to eat at this restaurant, Big Mama's Soul Food, or Big Mama's Soul yes. Kitchen. And uh, I unfortunately have not been there However, uh, I plan on uh, helping, and I'm going to say that it's out of the kindness of my heart, but I want to try some of that cornbread that I saw in those greens because (laughs) the food looks amazing, and (laughs) I'm kidding, of course, (laughs) but um, this this restaurant was, uh, you know, a Louisville staple for almost 20 years until her mother retired, Mm -hmm. so this is good food, and People need a home cooked meal, you know. People just huh. it, it, there's just something about a, a nice hot meal shared with you from good people, and I, it's just a beautiful thing. And this nonprofit is new, so I put all the links, all the information in the uh, show description. But uh, could you just um, tell everybody just about your Facebook page, just so they they hear it from you and then they can see it? And we just want to get this out there for everybody yes i have uh 
the first page I have is under my name, Cheryl Fox, which is spelled with an S and one X. And it shows, uh, I always do the live videos on Saturday so people who do make donations see where their money's going. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, because people want to know if I'm donating, where is my money going to what I'm donating to? So I have that page, and then I just set up um, the Cheryl Fox Ministries, um, and I have a Cash App Venmo. So in the donations that I receive, I usually build the donations up and do big feeds. I have a Christmas Eve dinner we're giving away. The Thanksgiving dinner that we just did on last Wednesday, we served 872 people. So usually on my Saturday feeds, I'm feeding 75 to 100 people every Saturday. So I make sure, I have to make sure I have enough food to, to feed these people. And like I said, right. I move around the uh, city of Louisville. May, I'm mainly in the West End because of the food desert here and just yeah. trying to give them nutritionist meals. And like I said, we, we have the clothes coming in. But like I said, just wanting to give back, you know, to the community and let people know mm-hmm. that there are people that still care. Yes, absolutely. And also, I forgot to ask you this today, but uh, I noticed you were wearing scrubs. Do you work in the healthcare industry as well? Yes, I work in the healthcare industry. So I also, uh, when we have patients that come in that I think would benefit from the feeding, mm-hmm. you know, I let them know, hey, if you want a free meal, I'll come out. With a, but on the sun, on Sundays, specifically are for my seniors. So on seniors, uh, right now, and I have about about 20 seniors that I feed every Sunday. And each household oh, has wow. at least, you know, two seniors uh, and maybe a grandchild or something. But the uh, Sundays are specifically for my seniors. So when I prepare the meal for myself and my children, I make enough to be able to share with these seniors because they it, it's easier for them. And the, the meals that I fix them, I prepare for them, they can eat on for two or three days. I, I do make sure I do because most of them don't cook, you know, and they're kind of mm-hmm. eating, you know, fast food or, what, or whenever they can eat, basically. Uh, and they yeah. are still homeowners, but they're struggling. So I don't right. know, and I, I, you know, what they're eating during the week, but I just try to give them. And sometimes, if you know, if I have a little extra, I try to catch them during midweek as well to just make sure that they have stretch food. So, you know, right. that means a lot when it's just the seniors by themselves, you know, no family yeah. members or anything like that. So they're, like, kind of forgotten about. But every yeah. Sunday day, it's pretty much consistent that they know they're going to get a meal from me. Yeah. So I enjoy doing that. And, and like I said, I make sure that they're good home-cooked meals and, you know, not fast food. Mm-hmm. So everything is yeah. prepared. In, in in a timely manner, but you know, like I said, they really enjoy it, and the people enjoy it as well on Saturdays. I have people co- driving from across town because on the social media, I post you know no later than Thursday where I'm going to be at on Saturday. So I have followers yeah. on the Facebook page that come and know that they're going to get a home cooked meal. So yeah. I, I can't I can't stop what I've what I've already started, so to speak. So yeah. and I enjoy doing it. So when you enjoy it cooking like you know my mom raised me then it's not like work <laughs> right right yeah. dr hagney yeah. did you have something yeah i have some questions uh uh your network uh here in mm-hmm. texas you know where we uh for as farmers and maybe uh particularly minority farmers i'm not familiar mm-hmm. there in kentucky that may be growing the greens whatever like that 
And also mm-hmm. the dietitian with the, here in Texas with the Ag Department provide educational. You mentioned the education about proper uh, nutritional foods there. Mm-hmm. And also you mentioned the uh, the uh, uh, the training class and, uh, and healthcare. Your network with health. And also in, <clears throat> here in Texas we have agents on aging. That's uh, you, I don't know if you had in Kentucky that focus programs for seniors. So I'm just wondering how do you how are you connecting networking with other groups that that can assist you for nutritional diets or farmers providing food for you or else uh, agriculture groups or agents, senior groups uh, have you ever, have you been able and also healthcare people I know you mentioned you in healthcare networking with you for providing information service and all that I'm just interested what network you have. Yes, yeah, so as far as the networking, before um, before we started the restaurant, I worked for the health department, uh, specifically the uh, WIC uh, department, which is uh, women, infants, and children, and we had a, net, a nutritionist on hand, so a lot of stuff I learned from there. Also, I have uh, some uh, uh, farmers that locally I can purchase my fresh fruits and vegetables from, um, you know, so I have like different groups that assist me, and I have someone uh, with the seniors that will specifically, you know, help me set up because I, when I say sometimes we deliver um, the meals to the seniors, I have like three senior houses that I'm in uh, contact with the house person there that makes sure, like, okay, this person has this specific diet, so I make sure that on on my seniors, especially on the Sundays that. You know, I know what type of diet and foods that they can and cannot have, but I have, like, different resources that I can go to as far as um, nutrition. So, you know, of course, you know about the sodium. We we stay away from sodium and pork as much as I can and and usually mostly turkey meat. So I make sure that I do my research. And as far as setting up the cooking class, I was kind of aiming toward – my uh, 20 to 30 year olds that are new mothers that don't cook their, I call them the microwave cookers, but just so they can <laughs> know how to prepare a home cooked meal for their little ones instead of keep giving them these noodles and cereal and Excellent. that's all they know. Excellent. Like, yeah, so Excellent. that is what I'm trying to gear that uh, virtual class for. You know, those age groups are mostly the, the new age technology, so they don't want to sit in the class, but they will watch the video and you teach them how to cook. Excellent. <laughs> so, Excellent. 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 so I'm trying to cover everybody around the board. And we have a lot of single um, male um, parents now with children, so also aiming toward that uh, group of people that, you know, the men work so they know how to need to know how to make quick meals, but at the same time they're nutritionist quick meals. Excellent. So I'm trying Excellent. to cover it all. <laughs> wow. And, and this, she just started her nonprofit as well. So the Octopus Plan is in its beginning stages as far as organization. So yeah, I think this is fantastic. And, and let me welcome uh, Dr. Shirley McKellar, who's on with us now. Welcome, Dr. McKellar. We're happy you're on. Thanks. Yes, thank yeah. you, guys. Good evening to each Good one evening. of you. and. Related Happy Thanksgiving, and I'm enjoying yeah. listening to uh, our special guest and seeing and listening to all the great things that she's doing in her community. Greetings, ma'am. How are you? I am doing well, thank you. I love this show. This is oh, I love this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love having you. Know, you. 
<laughs> yes, and I and I like you like I said, even though I'm new into the uh non profit, I've been doing this like over twenty years. So you know how some people saying just like kinda just now getting it on the paper, but I've already been doing it, so that's kinda where I'm at. Yeah. So very good. <laughs> so I'm I'm connected with a lot of uh groups, uh, especially help groups that you know, like if I need to know what I need to do about this situation, or, or you know, and I invite people to my page if they have a, a area that they feel like would benefit from me cooking. You know, I open that up for them. Uh, like I said, I just really got the seniors on board because they really because of the COVID, they didn't want a lot coming in and out. So we're we're setting that up where we're able to go into some of the senior high rises. Uh, you know, maybe once a uh, once a month, and, and just make a big banquet for them, just to let them know mm-hmm. we still care about them as well. Like I said, a lot of them don't have family members, so I try to target you wow. know the homes or, or high rises that is just them, and, and they'll sit in in their apartment all day unless there's some kind of activity in the lobby. Mm-hmm. They'll come out, so you know, food draws everybody out, especially good food. <laughs> That's right. That's great food. That's absolutely correct. Well, keep yes. on doing the great work. It's just outstanding. Hopefully, and I know that you are covering the veterans as well. We want to make yes. sure that they are taken care of along with the seniors. And, of course, those are very important people. Uh, we, yes. We're actually in the process, ma'am. And let me get your name. I'm sorry that I, I'm just tuning in and I did oh, not I, get okay. your name. It's Cheryl Fox. Cheryl Fox. Well, I can remember yes, that. Yes, ma'am. That's point. That's that. I like that name. <laughs> that sounds like a name I've heard in television before. <laughs> right? I thought the same. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you if she related to Vivica. Yeah, you always know if she related to Vivica. Vivica Fox. That's that's very good. Very good. And you you're in Kentucky as well. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Louisville, Kentucky. Yes. So are you from that area? Yes, ma'am. I've been here all my life. Uh, okay. Very good. Outstanding. Well, then um, well, My condolences. Mitch McConnell, my condolences. Uh-oh. So go ahead. Well, can, I, I wanted to ask one more thing. Uh, like the farmers there... I wish there is there a way where I can maybe um, reach out to some of the farmers and maybe how how would I get like fresh stuff from them? Can you do that? Okay. I tell you what you, what you do. The uh, uh, in Texas, uh, uh, Kentucky, they have area agriculture department, uh-huh. and um, they will work with you extensively. The agriculture department has tons of money. They're trying trying to get into programs just like your program. So the, okay. you have a local ag uh, extension agent in your county in your county there. Uh, your local okay. um, your local uh, elected. I was going to ask you how involved are your local elected official, whether it be city council, uh, uh, mm-hmm. county commissioners, whatever like that. They they yeah. know that person. So there's the agricultural extension agent that we have here in Texas in, in the agriculture system. And they also have a list of all the farmers in your region because right now the federal okay. government is in, they're inventorying everybody that's farming. I just got a, I just got inventory today. It's by mandatory. We have to fill it out by April. So they know everybody okay. in your in your county that raised everything. That's that's a federal requirement. 
But find your local, okay. and that's back to nutritional person for the health and meals. They have someone that's paid in, in Texas that would help you with your nutritional presentations from the ag department. By all means, and they know your ag people and all that. So, yes, yeah, start with your local ag agent there, and he or she will be able to get you in touch with the whole state group up there. Okay. Very, very good. So can and I, I say, let me say one. Okay. okay. No, go ahead. Okay. Okay. I, I was just going to say that they have, like, you know, so much red tape, you know, because we have tried it. That's why we've just been doing it for the last 19, 20 years on our own because so much red tape they want you to do. And, you know, my mom's 78, so she's, like, from the old school. So she's like, no, we just don't do it. And, and that's what we've been well, doing for the last 20 years, well, you know. Well, and, and can I mom? make a suggestion also that every, everything – Pay no attention to the red tape. Just learn how to get through, uh, maneuver <laughs> through the red tape because there's always going to be. But also, let me suggest that okay. you join uh, the Black Farmers Association as well as okay. that red tape would include the USDA. That's where you can really, really get a lot of money. And I don't know if you've got people that's doing community gardens in your area. But yes, I've been doing I come from a farming family, just as uh, Dr. Dr. Hagney, and as as well as Mr. Arthur, and, and I don't know if Pastor Cooper's on, but he, him as well. But, um, yes, but in order to really get your real resources and everything, you really have to go through that red tape. And now that you are okay. a nonprofit, just find mm-hmm. someone in your area, and you can put this on social media, whatever. But find someone who is accustomed to all of that red tape and know how to maneuver through it because it will become beneficial to you. The USDA is where I would start. Black Farmers Association is where I would start. Join that uh, Black Farmers Headquarters is out of Memphis, Tennessee. Black Chambers. Black, the Black Chambers. That's right. Let me ask something about that red Let me tell you, answer something about the red tape. What your mother Mm -hmm. said is true, but what the Biden administration have done, there is a Mm -hmm. black gentleman that's over the minority affirmative action program in Washington, D.C. His major responsibility, his focus is to cut through all the red tape because what now, if anyone is still dealing with the red tape at the state level, they can report to his office. So the Biden administration, well aware and other uh, to the Secretary of Agriculture, they were very aware of the red tape that occurred in the past, which your mother was correct. But, but the okay. current administration, they have cut through that. They have a, he's from Arkansas that's responsible okay. for making sure all the – and also they have a reporting system. If you experience any red tape there locally in your county, there's a mechanism you can report that group to what I'm talking about. And they're monitoring these local groups because the local groups are still not getting the information to our black farmers. So they have a system in place through the Biden administration. If you have any excessive red tape, you have a, there's a mechanism you can report that, and I guarantee you they would get on that because I've experienced that here in Texas. Okay, got you. Okay. So I have the Black Farmers Association, Black Chambers, and then I need to reach my Secretary of Agriculture here in the state of Kentucky. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Rather than rather than down here in 
our state because since yeah. you okay. are in the state of Kentucky, we all have uh, people who are in charge of agriculture in every state in the union. And that okay. that would assist you. And there, and, and I'm not sure when, when you say the red tape, you still got to fill out the application. You still got to submit those things in. But as long as you have all your paperwork and you have done your applications according to the way that your state uh, expects, because all of our states are different. Different. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, we have different, but but all the money comes from the federal side of the house. It all comes from Washington D.C., but it filters down into every state in the union. Uh, so um, just make sure your, your paperwork is filled out correctly, and then fill out correctly, and you didn't leave anything off. Usually, it should be able to fly without having troubles or difficult and make a mess. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Got it. Yeah. And and your 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 representatives in your area. I don't know, Miss Miss uh, Rihanna can tell you who your your federal reps are. In other words, your congressional people. If you have any difficulties and issues, you can always go to your local people and working your way mm-hmm. up. To, but when you're dealing with federal money, it's your congressional person, your mm-hmm. congressperson, mm-hmm. is the one that uh, that office is the one that assists you. And in uh, getting those resources, but USDA okay. has lots, lots of money to assist and help. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds uh, good. Thank you for the council. information. Yes, I, yeah. I, I, I am with the council, line. so I can reach out to them as well. The council, Metro Council. And, yes, your your city your city council person. But if you're talking about USDA, if you're talking about that level then it's your, uh, and I don't know, Ms. Rihanna, if you know where she lives and who who her congressional person representative is. Do you know that, Ms. Rihanna? I, I believe, I'm looking now, I believe we're, we are in the same yeah. congressional in the district. Same. Okay, that's great. That's great. Because that's USDA money on your federal, yes. on your federal right. level, but you can also find out what your, your local city has to offer. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there may be exactly. some community gardens uh, that are there. And I think I heard Pastor Cooper, try, did I hear Pastor Cooper come in or was that Mr. Arthur that mm-hmm. was making a comment? No, he's there. Uh-huh. Oh, no, I was just saying earlier, don't forget city council because there there are some funds available in our city. That's right. That's right. Okay. You're, you're your local level. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Oh, okay. So I will okay, you're, reach out to your you. Your representative. Mm-hmm. Your rep is a loony, he's really into farmers. (laughs) Right. And also, ma'am, since you are nonprofit, you can also Mm -hmm. sign up to get food from your food bank. And you can can purchase, and I'm going to use as an example, uh, I owned a school for 20 years here. I used to buy meat for uh, 5 cents, 12 cents, 15 cents, and I'm talking about good uh, meat, good fruits, fruits and vegetables, they give those away to you because they can only last for a certain period of time and they have so much of it, so they just give it away at the food bank. And then I'm talking to you, they buy roast and, and ham and turkey, all kinds of stuff for 12 cents a pound, 15 cents a pound. Okay, so, yeah, so I have used the, I have used the food bank and you just kind of yeah. find out where they're going to be at. So I have used those, like, for a lot of my vegetables. Um, so the meats, they were not that well because I don't want to serve anybody anything that I'm not going to eat. So 
So I, I basically just, you know, usually just get get the vegetables. But it's good because, like I said, whenever oh, they have the, the yeah, yeah, whenever they have the food drives, I try to go and um, participate and you know get things in bulk that will stretch and I can use on my Saturday feed. Right, but I'm not even just talking about like individual people out there in your community that have food drives mm-hmm. like churches and, and various organizations. I'm talking about going directly to the food bank and purchasing because you are a nonprofit organization, so only nonprofit oh, organizations okay. can actually purchase can from the actual stable food bank, not, oh, not okay. the organization. You, yes, just go, find out where your closest food bank is located there in your city because things like our supermarkets are like Brookshire, Walmart, and those kinds of things here. They're the ones who donate and send food, fresh food, good food over to the food bank. And then the food bank, uh, then various organizations like yourself will reach out to the food bank, purchase, and then cook and prepare or give away. Uh, We have various churches such as Pastor Cooper's church, and the churches here in the city will have actual days where they give away food that they have purchased or they've been given. Sometimes they just give food because they don't want it to ruin. So they have right, to process right. for that at a certain period of time. So they may give it to a church organization or they may give it to a nonprofit organization to give out to the community so that the food will not ruin. And okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I need to find, like, um, you know, where you were saying, like, the um, um, agricultural and USDA, they have, like, the money. So is that where I get into the grant writers? Oh, yes. Yes, they have uh, your representative there. And when you reach the uh, person there in Washington, D.C., they have uh, grant programs in the agriculture department. There is one right now, of course, <laughs> due in April. Uh, addressing a lot of your areas. And what they're been trying to do is uh, get funds into uh, the rural areas, into programs like you're talking about direct feeding people. You know, I know in Texas agriculture, a lot of your money at certain level, particular population of cities come from agriculture departments, particularly I think some under 20,000 people. But Louisville, you're probably higher than that. But, yes, they have grant funds, resources, and those contacts in the agriculture, I mean, they will let you know, and you can get on the mailing list of the grants that are being, that are being, uh, they will send you the grant application since you're a nonprofit. You can get on that okay. list of the grants they will send to you. And also touch base with someone in the, uh, in Kentucky that have written grants for the agriculture department, uh, okay. to know how to write those grants, uh, and they can help you locally there with your local uh, U.S. representative person. And also probably there locally in your city government, a good grant writer for the city or whatever like that who written agriculture grants, that'd be good to okay. find that person, network that person, and your city council okay. person, your local, they can, they should be able to help you with that. Or uh, university, I was just thinking about what school, in, what's, what's HB in Kentucky? I'm losing sight of all the schools. A lot of times the schools have assistance also. I'm trying to think of there, there's an HBCU in Kentucky. Is there one? Uh, Kentucky, yeah, we have Kentucky State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I, I know Alcorn down here in Prairie View, A&M down here, well, Alcorn is Mississippi and Prairie View here in Texas, they assist a lot with those programs, so that's another good resource, your state, MB, uh, uh, African-American uh, uh, University in, 
NBC, and they, they would help you there because they have ag. I don't know if they have ag extension there in Louisville at that university or not. But yes, they would be. They'd be willing oh, to yeah, help you in one of the projects. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and okay. I, I just actually Googled uh, all of you, everything that you have going on in, in Kentucky. Uh, so it, you have things from from the town to the state to the national, uh, and there's it says there's no maximum there's no maximum grant amount, but they said the smaller uh, requests are given high priority. In other words. If, you, if you're not expressive in your town. So there's all kinds of things that's, that's going on, it, just like, as every state in the union, all kinds of things that are going on. And there's open dates. It's showing your open dates right now starting at November 23rd, started your applications, and it's year-round. closes says close dates of February the 28th, 2023 at 4 p.m., mm-hmm. so you may want to get busy and find yourself somebody yep. that knows how to write grants. Uh, so that okay. you can apply for that that uh, okay. that are out, out front. Well, I have been trying to reach out to grant writers, and um, I've reached out to about four, and I don't know if it's just their own, um, like just for writing them for certain people, or uh, how's it go? Because, like I said, this is all new. But you know, either the they'll return the call and say they would check into the grants and. I'm not asking them to do it for free because I do work and I can pay them, but, you know, for some reason they don't follow through. So that is the um, issue with the grant writing thing. But you know what? I think I just might need to do a grant writing class myself. How about that? There you I'll go. Have I was, <laughs> I'll have to wait on anybody. I'm so, pr- I'm so proud of you. I was just there about you to go. suggest that because <laughs> let me just tell you, ma'am, it, it, let me just share this with you. I've written, I've been involved in writing federal grants, and it mm-hmm. is very time-consuming, and it is very pricey. But my also my suggestion for you is to reach out to some of your junior colleges and see if they have some mm-hmm. business incubators, yeah. so that right. they okay. can so, so they can teach you uh, about entrepreneurship training and and uh, community economic development. That is where mm-hmm. you can begin to help yourself. The more you can do for yes. yourself is much better than trying to pay somebody because it is pricey, exactly. especially if yeah. you're dealing with large federal grants. And mm-hmm. when you're getting into USDA, you're talking about large federal grants. Yes, ma'am. So that's okay. my, and two that's other quick uh, – Go ahead, Pastor Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, get, get in touch with your local churches. You'd be surprised what church is already doing some of this you're doing and just touch base with them and they might even have grant writers i I know a guy right now he's building 47 units here in southeast texas and he's been doing this for a while now and and so some of that red tape they know how to come through the other thing is that in texas we have this company called hb which is a food chain and uh you don't need to write anything just go show them your uh, nonprofit 501 and when you walk in, uh, you'll probably walk out with baskets and baskets of stuff that they uh, are allowed to give out quickly and locally. Wow. And, and thank you for bringing that out, Pastor Cooper. Let me just share it with you, uh, uh, Ms. Fox, is that all mm-hmm. afternoon I've been going around to, well, let me back up. On tomorrow, we're going to be feeding 500 nurses, physicians, and families 
who have had children, newborns, this, this month is neonatology month, and we no longer have to ship our patients out to Dallas, Texas, for them to have their babies who get in trouble uh, during delivery. Uh, we mm-hmm. now have our neonatology unit here at University of Texas Health Science Center. So tomorrow uh, we're going to feed those who have been involved in that program, the doctors and the nurses, 500 of them to be exact. So I've gone to mm-hmm. I've gone to Sam's Club, uh, all of the Brookshire's, the Super Ones, uh, the Fresh, and all of those who have donated or given me money uh, to buy. They gave me vouchers, as a matter of fact. My car is loaded down right now that once we get off, <laughs> off our show tonight, we're going to be slicing the tomatoes and the lettuce and all of that yes. and the pickles preparing for us to grill. We're going to be in the pavilion there at the University of Texas Health Science Center there on Beckham Street here in Tyler. And so we'll have the grill set up, and we're going to grill and provide free hamburger lunch uh, for the nurses and the doctors who are involved in neonatology month. And so I have about 30, probably about 30 people who are going to be volunteering tomorrow to help us flip burgers and prepare and give. And I, I haven't spent a dime of my own money uh, except for some funding from the restaurant that we own here in the yeah. city. And that's what okay. we're going to be doing tomorrow. Uh, so, so Pastor Cooper is correct. Uh, if you have on your letterhead, all you have to do is on your letterhead and have your tax number and show that to them, okay. and they may give you a voucher of $100, $150. Uh, the largest amount that we have received from uh, anybody was Fresh, uh, which is a very yeah. exclusive whole, whole food store here in Tyler that's part of the Brookshire chain. And okay. that's how we provide food for them on tomorrow for the for lunch. And Dr. Hagney, if you're free, come and join us. And we can we always we're gonna have all the media out there uh to show what all is uh, transpiring and what we're doing uh to um to show them how much we appreciate uh the work that's that they excellent. have done in the hospital system. That's excellent. Uh, that's, that's excellent. That's awesome. And uh, when, whenever, Miss Kelly, you need me to come down there and cater you a meal, show you how we cook in Kentucky, <laughs> at Southern Hospitality, just, just send oh, me wow. a place and I'm there. Yes. <laughs> hey, look, I, we, you know, you, I learned from the as old long, school, so you know, like. Miss, <laughs> well, as long as you bring Miss Brianna with you, you got it. to make you drag me down there. <laughs> Yes, but I, I don't know if I told you, but she, she's a Texan as well, born in yes. Texas. <laughs> no, we just we just met by chance today, and that was that was just God's uh, work right there because I had took my dog to the to the vet and, and met her there, and she heard me talking <laughs> to the lady, you know, about uh-huh. her feeding for Thanksgiving. So you know. Um, when people mention awesome. the name, you know, Big Mama in Kentucky, they know the restaurant, a, a restaurant yeah. of give back community yeah. resource. And, you know, sure, you're going to sure. eat whether you have money or not because it's not always about a profit. So, you know, and we right. didn't like that. You know, we didn't have to close down any time during the COVID. So, you know, God has been good. Right. And, right. you know, when we get, right. get treat people like we want to be treated, you know, it comes back mm-hmm. to you. So that's what we do. Well, you can't That's be awesome. God-given, right? Uh, the more you give, yeah. the more you're going to receive yeah. that. So, and, and <laughs> but, right. but let me share this with you. I, uh, when she told me 
she called me and told me about you. And when she said Big Mama's, I thought she was talking about the restaurant here in Tyler, Texas, because we have right. a Big Mama's restaurant. Oh, my and God. so the lady, she she became ill, and so she had to close her, her restaurant. But she worked for years right in the heart yes. of the African American community, and the name of her, her restaurant was Big Mama's. <laughs> yes, that, was, that sounds like my mom's story. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, whenever you yeah. get a chance, you can Google her and it's uh, Big Mama Soul Food Kitchen. And my mom uh, is Jesse Green. So, like I said, she retired uh, December 2021. But before okay. I go, I just want to give you one more thing before I know because y'all got to tell it down. But, okay, one more thing. <laughs> Jesus King, me the cross. There's a precious free to all a healing stream from Calvary's mountain. Wow. Amen. Yay. Awesome. Oh my gosh, that was beautiful. So I'm sure you sing to your constituents when they come into the restaurant, right? Wow. I'm looking yes, at, I'm yes. actually looking I'm actually looking at your uh you in Louisville, Kentucky, correct? So I'm actually yes, looking at um, I'm looking at your uh, page right now. Uh so uh kudos to your mother. Uh, for the great yes. work that she's done, and 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 how blessed you are to have such an amazing voice, a beautiful voice mm. that you were blessed. Thank with. you. That's awesome. Thank that's you. awesome. Wow. And that song, in that song, indicate you you gonna recognize the significance of the cross. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So when they get yeah, so and, sometimes on Saturdays they get that as well because you know we got to uplift, and uh, you know they like in amazement because. You know, God says this, we got to come out of the church house, so, you know, wherever's needed, that's where I'm at. That's right. You know, well, you know what program. I say? I say to people all the time, uh, the real service uh, starts, yeah, we go into a structured building for worship service, but the real work of the good master begins once we walk out of those four walls out. Yes. and go out into yes. the community. And, uh, and so it's all about it's all about service. That's uh, what is what is my Angelo say. Uh, service is the rent we pay in order to live here on this world, on this earth. Yes. And <laughs> so she's absolutely correct. Well, I'm looking yes. at your facility, and so nearly two decades, your mother's been yes. a staple in Louis. That is out. That that's uh, outstanding. That's unbelievable. Yes, so my kudos to uh, you and your mother. So you've now taken over the restaurant for your mother? Uh, no, that right? Or your mother's actually... still working? She's still no, working. she sold the restaurant and the restaurant name, so it has new owners. And so that is why I had to go into Cheryl Fox Ministries because we don't have the rights to the name anymore, but we still service oh. uh, our longtime customers. So those are some of the Sunday seniors that I have and a few other the customers that well they're not customers because they've been with us since we opened so we still have sure. uh, they follow my page and you know when i reach out and like i need donations they usually come through so 
you know, the ones that followed us from day one, you know, they still follow my page. So I am grateful for them because they are always like, what you need, what you want us to do? Because they know we, you know, reach out and try to do what we can. Even though we're not still at the restaurant, people still call us. So for, you know, repasses, weddings, birthdays. Okay, so where do you prepare your, you have a commercial kitchen that you prepare your food? Yeah, so they they have like a, a, a restaurant here where we did the uh, Thanksgiving. It's um, I don't know what they're called, like the house kitchen with the restaurant yeah, in it. We're, we're one of the, a commissary is what it's called. And our a restaurant commissary? Is, is, yes, and our restaurant is a commissary. So we have like food trucks that come in that don't yeah. have a place and they come in and prepare their, uh, use the restaurant to prepare and prep their food before they go out on their food truck. Right. And, uh, and so, yes, so that's that's but what it's called, a commissary. A commissary. But what I'm trying and to do uh, in the uh, in the restaurant, I mean, in the ministry, is maybe, like, uh-huh. find just a building or the place where, because he will rent the spots out. So, like, in uh, applying for the grant, to my understanding, I can put in there, like, the monthly rent, whatever their request, because I don't want a restaurant, per se, to operate. I just need to cook and, you know, go out and serve. So he's willing to, you know, let me rent that space from him, you know, for a monthly rent fee. So that's why I'm, like, trying to get donations and uh, grants and to try to be able to build up and maybe, like, pay up for a year and then I don't have to worry about, you know, going back and forth. But, I mean, he's willing to let me use the business, but I still, you know, have to pay rent. You talk about the rent, rent, are you talking about the restaurant that you sold? No, it's it's another restaurant, and he has like the commissary kitchen or whatever. The commissary, so, right, right, right. Now let so, me share this with you that uh, let me share this with you that most, and I and I'm not saying 100. percent I'm going to say most. Most okay. grants will not give you money to pay rent. They'll give you money okay. to start a business. Uh, I, I I too am a grant writer and have been for years. And most of them will not give you money to to get your your building and pay rent. They just don't do okay. that. What they do primarily, for the most part, is 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 help you to purchase food. If it's a restaurant, if it's a, just say it's a restaurant, uh, USDA mm-hmm. will help you with getting the food, and getting those kinds of things, even paying uh, for uh, staffing. But nine times out of ten not to actually uh, pay for rent of a building. Okay, well, that's fine. I mean, I still have a job, so I can pay the rent with that. You know, uh-huh. I, I just felt like I want to put everything toward purchasing, you know, my food and, and what have you. Sure. Um, but, again, like I said, I, you know, with the job, that's what's going to help me do the other stuff, you know, that okay. I need to do. But I don't want to break in what I'm doing because people are looking for me Literally, like, you know, Miss right. Cheryl, where are you going to be Saturday? So, That's you know, right. I have a following, and I don't want to, you know, right. stop. I want to be consistent. That's right. That's hey, Shirley, that's, don't you that's get a, most important. Hey, Shirley, don't, 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 don't management get paid for a salary in those grants? Don't they get a salary yeah. or something? Uh, huh? You can incorporate. It depends. Every grant is basically different, so you got to look at what the grant uh, the, the RFP, which is request for proposal, you got to look at what that particular grant says as to what it will do. 
And then you have you, to okay. buy the t- you have to go buy the dollar, buy the t- everything that that grant says. That's how you have to run that operation that you're running. So sometimes okay. yes. And most grants, uh, and most grants are descending. Question. Most grants are descending, yeah. which means you may start off with three hundred thousand dollars, but in less than three four years, that grant descends uh-huh. down to zero. And you have and, to and that, and that's like grants over and, and over. I'm glad that Pastor Pastor Cooper brought that up because what that what grants want to show is how you get the stability. How are you going to carry this out? We have completed what we're going to give to you. How how do you plan okay. to make that continue? Because they don't want to just give their money out there and then once that money is used, up, then you don't have a way of continuing the business. Very important. Right. Thank you, okay. Uh, Pastor Cooper. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me ask you well, this, like, okay, I've never, I'm sorry, I never, uh, like, looked into a grant. But say, like, so tonight if I Google grants in Kentucky regarding agriculture, uh, food deserts and all that, would mm-hmm. I be able to read and understand the, the language? Is it is it understandable like that, or is it i got to have a grant writer? Well, there are words. There are words in a grant that that you may, unless you studied and gone to a grant writing school. It took me five grant writing schools before I really got it and oh, understand God. the terminology. <laughs> There's always terminology to be used that yeah. grant writers look for. I, I used to read uh, federal grants for uh, to determine uh, NIH, the National Institute of Health, who determined mm-hmm. got the cancer grant, cancer money. Uh, breast cancer money. I did it for Coleman Foundation. Did it uh, for Intercultural yes, Cancer Conference. Uh, yes, sir. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Give her an example. Give her an example of, of, you said it took you five years, so give her just one example of, of what you picked up at the fifth year that you didn't pick up the first year. So, so she can kind of well, I can, idea what you're I, I, The reason why I continued on, after about the first couple of three uh, courses that I went through, I, I I got it, but 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 when I started to working on federal grants, then I wanted to go to a school that focused on just federal grant writing, uh, grant writing. So because sometimes it, or or medical grant writing, because sometimes the terminology that you see in the federal side of the house on the medical side, you may not get it in a say a, uh, a local. Uh, grant. I, my first grant writing school that I went to was in Fort Worth, Texas at, at Tarrant County Junior College. They gave us the basics. And then my last two uh, was ones that I, I studied only medical, where we worked on breast cancer uh, grants. And so I learned breast cancer awareness and how to set up programs uh, to focus on teaching women women of color in particular, we had a $5 million grant with University of Texas, and that focus was from awareness to all the way to treatment. So obviously you're going to have a lot of medical stuff involved in that grant yes. school. Does that, does that explain it kind of? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the language, yes. the language. So basically, uh, saying, so, so basically what you're saying is that, that, that basically if you're going to write a grant, you're gonna to have to have it laid out from the beginning to the end of it. Yeah. Very, yeah. Right. And you have to look at the so RFP request for proposal this, to see what it what is requ- what the RFP is requesting 
and then mm-hmm. you can you can go from there. And there's lots of books. Like I have a library yeah. of books on grant writing, and that all of those books I received, most of them from my school, uh, and then some of them I purchased myself to just just learn more and more. And the terminology is really important in writing grants. Well, okay. and let me plug Skillshare. I just want to put this out there for everybody. Skillshare is a really good resource. You can download, I think it's an okay. app, uh, but just Google Skillshare. And it's okay. um, it's just a huge network of people who literally share their skills and expertise. You can take okay. expert-level classes on everything, anything you can think of, and check to see if grant writing is one of those. But I'm absolutely positive it is because it's, it's got everything. Uh, okay. So check out Skillshare. And I was going to point out earlier, um, I remember Dr. McKellar a long time ago talking to me about grant writing. And uh, I remember her saying to me that the the way that you word things, um, you can be a really great writer and and that has nothing to do with your ability to to write for grants. It's a specific skill because it can make the difference between you know tens of thousands of dollars that you miss right. out on just yeah. because you didn't say something exactly in the right way and specifically enough. So, but but please check out Skillshare. I think it'll be a good resource. Okay. Okay, I think I'm going to do me some e-books tonight on grant writing as well. <laughs> Just to get to order me some books so I can start smart. now. Yes. Very smart. Yes. Very smart. <laughs> yes. Very yes. Okay, very good. Well, I am really Thank you. Uh, you all have been very helpful. Please, to, please to meet you, and it's great to have you on our show. And our doors are open at any time that you want to come yes. and be on with us. We are always delighted to have Special guest. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me tonight. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much for. Thank you. Awesome. And well, thank you for sharing your beautiful you voice off. with us. Oh, Outstanding. Outstanding. That's right. <laughs> While you're waiting for the money for grants mm-hmm. before you leave, um, do this. Uh, partner with at least mm-hmm. five or six churches in your area that have the same okay. vested interest, which is your community, and you'll be surprised. The small amount of donations that you get from individual churches, talk to the pastors or the assistant pastors or the liaison in that community. They all have someone that's doing community development. So whatever it costs you to get started with the food, the rent in the kitchen to prepare uh, those Mm -hmm. places, let's say it's $500 a month. Find five churches Mm -hmm. that can donate $100 a piece. Get them to commit to that. One year solid. And as you write your grant, now you have people that's uh, uh, consistent uh, with yeah. your uh, adventure. And, and then okay. you have that to show uh, th- that you are, are a, uh, you're able to sustain this, this nonprofit. And you pick up extra money as you continue to go. But this will help you immediately. Uh, there's so okay. much information. I know you may be overwhelmed, but those are the kind of tidbits that you can have with <laughs> all of us. On here have been in part of some type of nonprofit here and there, but that's right. the kind of stuff that can keep you out there and, and stop using your money. Let me say that again: stop that's using right. your money. Stop saying you yeah. can use your money. You have a job that's to right. help sustain you and your family. 
God will you provide. Go. Uh, you don't have to sell dinners. You don't have to do anything. You have to come on shows like this and tell them your vision. I'll be prepared for like acknowledging like a vision. You have a vision. God will provide for the vision. It's not your job to provide for the vision. If you continue to, to, to do things with your limited resources, you're going to continue to be limited. Let me say it again. If you continue to do things with your limited resources, you're going to continue to be limited. So back off. Put your money up. Don't take from your family. I don't know if you have a husband, uh, children, a mom, dad, aunt, uncles that you have to provide for. Provide for them. That's what it's for. Now, give your tithe and offering to, 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 to your church and things like that. But you let people know your vision, and, and you would never lack nor the people you're providing. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, join us anytime. Thank you so much for being on tonight. We appreciate you. And go go to go to those black farmers, those new farmers. There's some new farmers out there. There's some black farmers association out there. Join join them and be a part of that. <laughs> good good night. Okay, guys. So what what else is going? We what's nine forty eight, and we have a few minutes, and because I have a lot of work to get done, we got some slicing of tomatoes and, <laughs> and, and lettuce and stuff, and get that all ready for tomorrow morning, so that um, we'll be ready to rock and roll. So what else is going on in the world? I think we heard that uh, your guy is going to run for. Uh, president again in 24 and we also heard that president biden has more he has more support than a lot of people thought uh that uh, that he had uh, i was surprised to hear so many people coming on uh cnn and msnbc uh talking about that they they'd like to see if he wants to run again they're they're in support of that uh, so um i don't know not a big talk. Not not a big talk is the white supremacist that he had at his that he had over Thanksgiving dinner. That's what the word. I mean, that's what the talk is right now. And you know, who Kanye is the white and that, Trump? And that, and that, you talking about Trump? Kanye oh, oh, and that other guy? Oh, that other guy. Yes. No, no, no. I'm just saying that we talking about the presidential thing and all like that. I'm saying, but right now the big the, the big thing is that. Yeah, of course. You know, we already knew he was a white supremacist, but right, but, right. but he over. I mean, you know, now then he didn't scare the other white supremacists now because he didn't, <laughs> you know, just sit down at the table with him. So, so, so that's a big development right there. Uh, and then, and then on top of this new, the, this new uh, guy that that uh, 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 that the Attorney General appointed, Smith, Mr. Smith. Ooh, we right to hear Mr. Right. Smith and to get him. Mr. Smith and to get him. And he and he got scared. on the media trying to sick He's people on Mr. Smith's wife now. Right, right. And talking about Mr. Smith's wife and talk about his mom-in-law. You know, and Mr. Smith <laughs> say, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not Garland. I'm not Marilyn Garland. You know, so anyway, so he finna get it. Is all I'm finna say. This cat here ain't playing. I, I for the first time I feel actually like something is fixing to happen for the first time. <laughs> well, he also this guy here, he, 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 he turned out yeah, the job. Uh, the, the, he, he turned out the job because uh, Yay Yi or whatever his name is this week uh, offered him to run with him as vice president, and he turned that job down. So. No, they say he cuss Yay out. They say he cuss Yay out. What he did, he, yeah, he, he, he cuss Yay out. <laughs> 
Well, I'm going to have to be my president. I'm going to have to be my <laughs> I'll him to be vice president. It's, all I can tell you is it's going to be interesting with how this is going to all unfold, guys. What are you going to do with Herschel? What are you going to do with Herschel? We're going to send him out. We're going to send him out back. We're going to send him out back. Did you see those people lined up down there in Georgia to get to the early voting? Yeah, yes, I like what Warnock said. And I like what Warnock said. He said, Hershey Walker was a great running back, and we're going to send him running back to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. He needs to like run. <laughs> Bless his heart. Running back to Mm-hmm. Running back. The, the, the sad part is they blame it on concussions. I, I don't think concussions did that. That's, that's, no. That's no. just foolishness. Yeah. It's just foolish. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how about that picture? Hey, here. Now, that's what I tell you. Did you see that picture with 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 uh, Lindsey Graham and, and Cruz, and then had Herschel in the middle? And when oh, I saw I that, did. and when I saw that, hey, here. And when I saw that, I said, "Wow, that's that's a reverse Oreo, right? Except for the chocolates in the milk." There, oh, you know what I mean? Like. Oh, there was chocolate. I didn't know there was chocolate. <laughs> now, he, he was the chocolate in the middle. They sitting there in the middle looking Oh, uh, you know, you know they have white chocolate. <laughs> that, that well, well, what I'm saying is that, well, well, what I'm saying is that he, he was a reverse Oreo. You know, normally Oreo is like two chocolates oh, on the side and, and chocolate right in the middle. And I'm just saying that they reversed that thing, and, 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 and right. it looked like just what it was. It looked just like what it was. Ridiculous for them to put him out there like that. You know, it's an insult to it's, it's insult to African Americans. Period, right? That's just an insult for them to take somebody like that and use him like that. And then he's sitting there, right? And you know, doing all kinds of stupid stuff, telling stupid jokes, trying to do the moonwalk. Now, how are you gonna? Think well, you know, he's trying to do the moonwalk. Sorry, trying to buy for them. You know, back then they didn't make that much money. Even the superstars didn't make as much money as these guys are making today. So. Uh, maybe right. he needs it for his income. He, he may need, you know, put food on the table. Hey, 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 Mike, hey, 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 Mike, look, now, now, I know, now I know we don't go to commercial when I tell you about this, but it was. But oh, here we go. Here we go. I tell you something. You don't want to go to commercial already tonight. Go ahead, let me see what we're going to go to the commercial. But it was one of Hershel's neighbors. One of Hershel's Boulevard. One of Hershel's. Neighbors here, you know, here out here in the far north Dallas, uh, 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 you know, he came, you know, he, you know, he, you got to meet Hersh and everything, and so anyway, he came home one day, and guess who was in the house with his wife, Herschel. So Herschel, oh. Herschel's a serial player, is all I'm saying. You know, he's a serial player. Now I don't know which one of them five personalities was over there, but uh, he says, no, no, he which one? There. Only five. There's only five personalities. You got to you know, you know, you know, I'm still counting. You got to say. You guys are hard on her. Well, I know one of them. We got one of them. We got one of them. We I'm running right with you. I'm just as bad as you are. I think I think we all with him on this one. <laughs> what, yeah. what about you, Miss Rihanna? 
Oh, you know wow. what? I'm overwhelmed with the madness. <laughs> <laughs> You're over him already. I never, ever imagined we would be here. <laughs> I never imagined huh. that, that huh. any political conversation would ever <laughs> sound anything like her any of it sounds right now. It's just crazy. <laughs> it is. I agree. I, mean, I agree. And, and I not agree. to make it, not to, to turn, you know, a silly discussion into something serious, but I have to say, once again, I really resent the heck out of them taking advantage and I know I agree that a lot of this is foolishness but a lot of there there is true illness there that is not addressed and is being you know these these opportunistic snakes it's everything it's taking advantage it's the the racist angle of it and then the the taking advantage of the mental health issues and it's just so Uh, sickening it's wrong. We're around yeah. me and you educators, and we know and we know about sped, don't we? We we know about sped, and we're looking at Herschel, ain't we? And we're looking yeah. at Herschel. Yeah. 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 You know about sped, you know, and yeah. everybody knows Herschel's special ed. Everybody knows he's special ed. Yeah. And it's um, so sad part about it. And it you're right. It's, I mean, we, I know we I know we laugh and talk, and we have a great time, but you guys mm-hmm. just brought it on home right there. That's the bottom line. They're taking advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really mm-hmm. Yeah, they take advantage of him. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. uh, gifted well. and talented young black men, and when it came to uh, sports, uh, they weren't educated. They skipped them along in grades. Yeah. They uh, went off to the pro. They did money four-year degree. Yeah. yeah, and so, so you got this young buck that, that's on the stand, and, and 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 you know you run him through, and then you run him out. NFL, not for long. And, you know, he retires with all his dignity. I mean, I really feel sorry. I mean, because we I as a society failed him. That's my, my point. I feel sorry. I feel sorry for our community. I don't feel sorry for him. Cause we, he's being used against us. He, <laughs> he's he's our community that failed him. Well, I mean, we have other athletes just coming through doing the same thing. And, and you know, yeah. and they, I mean, there's so many of the king become a talk show host on ESPN because they can't put two sentences together. Uh, they can right. read. Yeah, first had a high I mean, they can't well, read. He had a high control. Yeah. He had a high control. Well, guys. He knew Trump before. <laughs> he, 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 Trump owned a team. You know, Trump owned a team that he was on in USFL. So that's why him and Trump. Hey, guys. Him. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say, you know, when the book goes out uh, <clears throat> and all that, so I agree with Mr. Rihanna. It's unbelievable what's going on. But I want to, we're, we're in the midst of launching our test, our PSA project prostate cancer, uh, and uh, we just want to ask for your prayers for that because it's totally unacceptable that the stats we see with black males versus white males in these United States, and it doesn't make any difference which political parties in there seem like they're all missing the fact disappearing. So I want us to pray tonight for the launch of our, our PSA project. There are people coming on board, some major people are coming on board, uh, we are going to actually change health care. And so we just, we just ask for your prayers, all the people coming on board, and, and also for our community, uh, for its prostate cancer, the awareness, and this information that's going out there. And so we just want you to pray for, for the project because they have other projects want us to get involved with, but we want to launch, successful launch of this prostate project, and it will, it will, it's going to be a name changer. It's going to make a major impact on our healthcare system 
in a, in a positive way. So in particular from a community of color, uh, we are developing that voice in the healthcare. Healthcare need to be changed and need to be modified. And we're going to take the lead in correcting and improving our healthcare delivery system in these United States as it relates to communities of color, particularly rural communities of color. So we ask for your prayer and for all our people, our volunteers, all the people there. So our funders and everybody. So we appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, uh, Dr. Hagney, because, and let me just say this quickly. There are so many issues in our nation that it takes organizations like uh, Dr. Hagney and many organizations across this country. We We all have to find what it is that we want to see change in this country, and then we have to be that change agent. It may be uh, men's health uh, for Dr. Hagney or health period. It may be uh, veterans issues for uh, for Mr. Arthur and myself and even Dr. Hagney with the veterans issues. There are so many mm-hmm. things, so it takes all of us because guess what? The government it just is no way the government can handle every single issue that's happening in our nation. That's why we have organizations all across this country to work with our federal government, to work with our local governments, to work with our state governments to make these things happen. It may be uh, social justice for, for um, uh, Pastor Cooper because he's been downtown and down uh, at the state level and even at the federal level. Same thing for Mr. Arthur. So we all have these various things that we are interested in. It may be uh, teachers and, and the issues that Ms. Uh, Rihanna sees and experiences. So it takes all of us working together to make sure that our various interests take place in this nation. So thank you, uh, Dr. Hagney for the work that you're doing in uh, men's health and and, uh, and and social justice and all of the things in women's health and veterans' health and just issues, period. Keep on working because that's how we make the change. We are the change agents. We have the microphone, as, as you hear Pastor Cooper say all the time. We got the microphone. We're the media. So we got to put the information yeah. out there and make sure that people yeah. know what needs to happen in our nation, and it takes more than this 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. we got to find more people to be involved so that these things will transpire in this nation. That's my story, Absolutely. and I'm sticking to That's it. Your... That's my final question for the evening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Right. Ms. Rihanna, we're going to get ready. It's 10.01, and so we're getting ready to turn things back over to Ms. Rihanna. I'm so sorry. I missed most of uh, the show, but boy, what I got in on, I was very pleased and enjoyed having uh, Miss Cheryl Fox on with us tonight. And we got to make sure that we help each other to accomplish our goals and our direction to, for for this nation. Thank you, thank you, guys, uh, and we'll see you on Monday, uh, next Monday, or we'll, we may see you on Thursday on uh, a view from the top. And at least I'll see Miss Rihanna, anyways. Thank you, guys. Have a great evening. Thanks. I'm glad you had a great time. I'm, I'm going to share a speaking, speaking of, if I can say this one more time, speaking of brilliant athletes, I have one young, brilliant 11th grader that i watching him run that football on Friday night. And I'm going to share some of the things. I did some videos of that guy is like, he runs like the wind. Plus he is brilliant in the classroom. And that's where 
I think Mr. Hershey Walker messed up. Thank you. I'm a proud grandmother. Talk to you later. Yes. Okay. Good night. 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 the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, his spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be The child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing, our music is the cuts that we bleed through. Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany. Now we right the wrongs in history. No one can win the war individually. It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy. Welcome to the story we call victory. The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory. One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours.
Good night, everyone. See you next Monday on Marvelous Monday. Bye for now. Have a great week.